This is Retro Sports Radio. Visit RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. The 1959 All-Star Game was the first year in which the MLB held an All-Star Game doubleheader. The first game of 1959 was held at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, and the second game would be played a month later in Los Angeles. This experiment of two All-Star Games continued for just four seasons. The league returned to just one annual game in 1963. In this first game of 1959, the American League starts 39-year-old veteran Early Wynn, while the National League goes with 22-year-old Don Drysdale. You can find links to more info on the featured players, teams, and stadium in the episode description. Also, please be sure to like and subscribe in order to help out our channel. Enjoy the game. From Fourth Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Gillette Safety Razor Company welcomes you to the 26th All-Star Baseball Game. Hello there, everybody, with Jack Brickhouse. This is Bob Prince, ready to bring you the mid-season baseball classic between the outstanding players of the American and National League. As a sincere thank you to the men and women who buy Gillette products, we broadcast the outstanding sports events of the year for your enjoyment, including the World Series, the World's Invitational Match Game Bowling Championship, Blue and Gray Football Game, the Rose Bowl, the Kentucky Derby, and the feature fight of the week every Friday night. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. No longer is Pittsburgh the smoky city, but instead one of the most beautiful and dynamic of them all. The field was built by a German immigrant named Bonnie Dreyfus back in the year 1909, 50 years ago. So this means that on this, the 200th anniversary of the great city of Pittsburgh, we also have the 50th anniversary of Forbes Field. Bonnie Dreyfus had moved his ball club to Pittsburgh from Louisville at the turn of the century, then proceeded to win three straight minutes. After which he very pridefully decided that, by golly, his players and fans deserved a new ballpark. He picked one of the most fashionable sections of town, known as Oakland, and fought the good fight through until he saw his dream come true, and they broke ground in 1909. Four months later, in record time, they opened the gate, and they named it Forbes Field, after the Revolutionary War figure, General John Forbes, who had camped his army here. So here we are now, 50 years later, half a dozen war years later, and of course ready to enjoy one of the great things in our way of life that's been saved by all those tragic wars. Baseball, indeed, is underway, as now, ladies and gentlemen, the vice president of the United States makes his appearance down the left field line. As he enters with the presidents of both leagues and everyone concerned through a standing ovation on this brilliant, sunshiny, warm afternoon from Pittsburgh, Commissioner Ford Brick, President Warren Giles, President Joe Cronin, members of the Secret Service, General Manager Joe L. Brown of the Pittsburgh Park and Party, here with the Vice President at home plate, and they will pass out, of course, in this brief ceremony, the first ball. And down below, also, in the group, Mr. Branch Rickey Sr., one of the great names of all time in the world of baseball. Late ceremonies, the Governor of Pennsylvania, the Honorable David L. Lawrence, is also down below and is being congratulated by all the umpires, and he in turn congratulating them as this 26th renewal of the tremendous All-Star Classic that had its birth in Chicago now comes on, has had only one interruption some seven years or more ago here in Pittsburgh. They played, in fact, a little longer than that, the first night game in this area uh, of the All-Star Classic, and previous to that, they had gone into the All-Star game at night in Philadelphia. Many of these things will be passing your way as the broadcast gets underway. The... 
home team will be the National League All-Stars. Therefore, let's go to the American League batting order. In left field, batting number one, Minnie Minoso of Cleveland. Batting in the number two spot and playing at second base. On the White Sox, Nellie Fox. In the number three spot, the center fielder of Detroit, Al Kaline. Batting cleanup from the New York Yankees. Playing at first base, Louis Gowron. In right field, the rifle-like arm of Rocky Colavito of the Cleveland Indians, batch number five. Gus Piandos of Baltimore will be the opening catcher, batch number six. Seventh in the lineup, the sensational home run hitting rookie of the Washington Senators, third baseman Harmon Killebrew. At short, batting in the number eight spot, Louis Aparicio of the Chicago White Sox. And early win, the great pitcher with a record of 11 and 5 will be on the hill. He also, as you know, of the White Sox. For the National League home team, John Temple of Cincinnati leads it off and plays at second base. Batting in the number two spot, the home run squatter par excellence of the Milwaukee Braves, Eddie Matthews at third. Henry Aaron in right field, bats in the number three spot of Milwaukee. The incomparable Willie Mays of San Francisco plays center field, bats number four. Ernie Banks is the shortstop, and uh, he bats in the number five spot. Ernie Banks of Chicago. First baseman Orlando Cepeda will bat in the number six spot as they are now introducing the American League All-Stars. Ted Williams, the last name to be introduced. Wally Moon in left field of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's uh, playing in the number seven spot and hitting there. Dale Crandall catches. That's eight here, the Milwaukee Braves, and of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the fine young right-hander Don Drysdale with a record of nine and six. And now to bring him on, the fine force of WGN in Chicago, the young gentleman who is the fine sportscaster for the White Sox and the Chicago Cubs, Jack Brickhouse. Thank you very much, Bob. All right, as Bob Fritz gave you the starting lineup, we won't have to do that again, but in case you didn't miss them, when they come to bat, of course, you can mark them down in case you want to score the ball game. The temperature is 80 degrees. It's just a beautiful day in Pittsburgh. When we came in from the airport yesterday, it was raining, and as we approached town from the airport, it got uh, even heavier than ever, and we were a little nervous, and so was the cab driver, and so were the people downtown. But the weatherman was very confident all the way through, and it turned out that his confidence was based on some real authority because... This day has gone bright and beautiful. We have a sun-stayed field. We have one of the most colorful settings from one of the most colorful spectacles it's possible to imagine in the world of sports. Therefore, uh, we're going to be real, real happy for the rest of this afternoon with the excitement that's going to be generated here at this 26th All-Star Game. As Bob told you, Vice President Nixon is here to throw off the first ball. He's standing up down there in the box right now while the introductions of the squad continue. He is flanked by the Commissioner of Baseball and also I noticed Warren Giles, President of the National League and the new President of the American League, Joe Cronin, also down there. The Chairman of the Board of the American League is also here, Will Harris from Chicago and from Wilmette. And we have people from just all over the United States of America here at this game today, although, of course, the majority of them will be rooting for the National League because, after all, most of them are from Pittsburgh. Ladies and gentlemen, our National Anthem.
now for the vice president to throw out the first ball. It'll happen in the next moment or so. I believe he may pose one here for the full toss. And believe me, they're the real form of photographers down there near the, president, the vice presidential box. Bob, what are the... Uh, what are the uh, ground rules in this ballpark? Well, they're very simple and very brief. It's a ballpark that uh, if any ball hits the front of the rail, bounces up in, it's a double. And uh, only that, uh, anything that hits over the left field scoreboard from the clock and the light towers above the height of the wall are home runs. And the, ball, the lines along the side are in play, even into the dugouts on both first and third. And players may climb up on the tarpaulin and catch a ball as long as they remain only on top of that. They're going over everything down below, and the vice president has made several tosses uh, for the benefit of the photographers. Dale Crandall will be the man to receive. And there it is. And before we get it underway, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. WGY, ten on your dial, and WGFM connected in the smoothest sound around. Now, this ballpark is ideally situated for those that are great hitters of triples and doubles. It is not a good home run hitting ballpark normally. There have been only five homers struck over the right field pavilion. It goes 300 feet down the right field line, but goes up a good 120 feet over that. Just going over everything down below, and the vice president has made several tosses. Uh, for the benefit of the photographers, Dale Crandall will be the man to receive. And there it is. And before we get it underway, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. WGY, 8 on your dial, and WGFM's connected in the smoothest sound around. Now, this ballpark is ideally situated for those that are great hitters of triples and doubles. It is not a good home run hitting ballpark normally. There have been only five homers struck over the right field pavilion. It goes 300 feet down the right field line, but goes up a good 120 feet over that. Jack Brickhouse and I will bring you up to date on that information a little later on. It falls out to 375. From 300 to 375, there's a screen in the right field deck. The balls hit off that, of course, are merely in play. Then it goes to 436 and 437 in dead center. The deepest part, part of this ballpark is in left center, 457 feet away in a 20-foot wall. It is 406 over the left center side, 365 down the left field line, and a high scoreboard of some 30 feet that must be cleared. The ideal weather conditions prevail. This is nothing in the way of a hitter's win today. Just a beautiful afternoon for baseball, and we're so delighted to be able to present it to you. On this, the 50th anniversary of Forbes Field, and of course, the 200th anniversary of the city of Pittsburgh. Now, as the last remaining shredded dot goes on, right down here, we'll be getting it underway in just a moment. And here to call the front four and a half of this 26th All-Star Classic, the veteran sportscaster of the White Sox and the Cubs, Jack Brickhouse. Down along the sideline, early win. The last fellow off the field has just thrown a final warm-up shot to Yogi Berra. Yogi took, on, uh, took over in place of Ray Berry, the White Sox uh, pitching coach and bullpen catcher, who had been designated as the warm-up or batting practice catcher. Sam Barron had that job for the National Leaguers. The umpires have taken their stations. Al Bonick of the National League will be at the plate. Here come the National Leaguers out on the field. Now, Wally Moon to left field, Willie Mays to center field, Hank Aaron to right, Eddie Matthews at third, Ernie Banks at shortstop, Johnny Temple at second, Orlando Cepeda at first, Drysdale will pitch the ball game to start with. He'll work a minimum of three innings, or rather a maximum of three innings, and the other players named by the uh, ball players themselves will work 
a minimum of three innings. Jeff Mandel catching the ball game. Now the National League coaches and the American League coaches have both uh, been posted out here for some time. Coaching for the American Leaguers will be Harry Kraft of the Athletics, who will be working at first, and Tony Cuccinello of the Chicago White Sox will be taking up a very familiar post for him, third-base coaching. The plate umpire, as I said, is Al Barnick of the National League. Joe Paparella of the American League will be at first. Augie Donatelli of the National League at second. Ed Rocky of the American League will be at third. And on the far line, John Rice of the American League is watching those balls down the right field line. And Shag Crawford of the National League doing the same thing down the left. In the batter's box right now is Vinny Minoso. Drysdale is 1-9 and lost 6. is one of the most promising young pitchers we've ever seen. Here's the first pitch of the ball game. It's hit. There's a drive deep to center field going way back toward as Willie Mays. And he pulls that one in out there about 390 feet from the plate. Minoso, a 297 hitter with 13 homers and 51 runs batted in. Wasted no time taking a good, healthy cut at pitch number one of this game. That will bring up the second baseman of the Chicago White Sox, Nelson Fox. Foxy, a 330 hitter, is among the leaders. He has two home runs and 41 runs batted in. And for him, the most unusual statistic is that RBI total, he's second only to Kevin Riley on the White Sox in runs batted in. There is strike one call. John Drysdale, we just saw throw 11 strikeouts at the Chicago Cubs back at Wrigley Field over the weekend. Has one nine and lost six. He throws sidearm. There's a fly ball foul down the third base side and drops just out of reach of a few of those fans down there, but also out of reach of the left fielder Wally Moon, the third baseman Matthews, and the shortstop Bank to also race out there. The low seats jut out pretty far onto the field, and there is a blank area, a ground area there, which is foul territory between the end of the box seats down the third base side and the beginning of what might be termed the grandstand section extending on out into left field. Pitch swung on. There's another foul off the left side box. That one winds up for just a moment on the third deck. This is a triple deck stadium, by the way. And now, Del Crandall, the catcher, has gone out to have a little talk with Drysdale. This kid throws aspirin tablets when he's right. He throws sidearm, and the way he became a sidearm pitcher is a little interesting to me. I happened to ride on the plane with Don from Chicago yesterday, and he told me he developed a sidearm delivery as a second baseman in high school, throwing sidearm normally. Pitch is one on. Fox struck out. There's a rarity. Nelson Fox strikes out. He rarely ever does that. That's two down. Brings up the center fielder, K-Line. A very courageous ball player. Fellows made a great comeback from a most painful and most disgusting injury. He was hit by a relay ball and a double play at first base, which deflected off the first baseman's glove, and it cut his cheek ball, broke the ball. He's been... Chopped on pretty good and pitched up pretty well on this one. He's hitting 344. He just got back in action recently. He's taken over center field for Jimmy Dykes, Detroit Tigers. He's done a marvelous job. He has 15 homers and 50 runs batted in. There's a curveball strike, a fast curve. Drysdale has about three feet on the curveball, and John himself, strangely enough, thinks that he throws one of those curveballs three quarters overhand, but his own teammates keep insisting that it's still a sidearm pitch. He can't see it that way. That's a little outside, a good fastball. His fast curve is a real hummer, and that fastball, of course, when he's on, is very, very difficult to even see. Drysdale, I might point out, became a father last Friday, hasn't seen that daughter of his yet, at home until she's three weeks old. Inside pitch, like this bat, got away. Count on the batter is ball three and strike one to Keyline. Two out. Nobody on base for the American Leaguers in the first inning. People still streaming into the ballpark. Sun 
Ball two, strike two. As we look straight away in the center field, we see, among other things, the Marty Dreyfus monument. Rather, that's Dreyfus. A little built this place. There's a wall hit ball. He's the right way back. Goodbye. It is a home fly. Eddie Matthews in a long shot into the right field seats, the lowest stand. And the National League goes out in front of this ball game by a score of one to nothing. Eddie Matthews took six on early win fastball and lined it about 15 rows in into the lower right field seat, about a 390 or 95 foot smoke. That brings up Aaron, his teammate, right fielder, the only all-star elected unanimously. Aaron is hitting 370 during the regular season with 22 home runs and 72 runs batted in. And there is strike one ball right at the knees. Eddie Matthews left this ballpark. He hit a third of his total of homers last year in this park. Strike one to Hank. There's a foul ball. The low seats back of the plate. The screen extends about halfway up to the roof. And if the foul ball is high enough, it'll clear the screen and still go into the seat. Foul tip. Strike three. Aaron struck out. That struck right in Friando's net. Two out now. Willie Mays is up. And we're doing a little research here. We find that Eddie Matthews' very first all-star hit in his fourth game. He finally got it when he did it with a dandy. Now here's Willie Mays, Mr. Excitement, the fabulous Mr. Mays. When the Giants come into town, Ernie Banks, who's not uh, very, very lippy at all, so most valuable and less valuable, Yells at Mays, here come the Willie Mays Athletic Club. There's one right back at Will. Early stuck up the glove, the ball stayed in there, and Mays lines out to the pitcher to retire the side. One run, one hit, a home run by Matthews. No errors, nobody left. At the end of one full inning, the score is the National League. One, the American League, nothing. Two, Avenue, Holiday, $1.79. Right every time. Old handprints, fingerprints, grease or grind. Guarantees not skip, slip, slide, or sputter. The new holiday even writes over butter. You can take a stick of butter. Now listen here. And on a piece of paper, you can make a tear. With an ordinary pen, you can try to write a line, but you'll skip over the day. Every time. Then pick up the paper made holiday pen and go through the butter test. Once again, watch it right through the butter. Without a slip, this new paper mate guaranteed not to skip. New paper mate. Holiday. A dollar seventy-nine. In the batter's box, as we start the second inning for the American League, is Bill Scowron from Chicago and the New York Yankees. First baseman, a 293 hitter for the regular season. The Moose has 15 homers, 56 runs batted in. Drysdale fires away, low and away. And that is ball one. Scowron will be followed by Colombito of Cleveland and Triandos of Baltimore. The score is one to nothing. National League. We're in the second inning. Outfield, as they will be for most of the day, is deep. Ground ball, first rounder of the ball game. Up with it is Johnny Temple, the Cepeda, and Scowron is out. Fairly easy 
chance for Johnny Tampoli, very classic second baseman for the Cincinnati Red Legs. That brings up one of the great young potential stars of the big game of baseball, Rocky Palomino. Ted Wiggins himself has tagged this fellow for future greatness as a home run hitter. Palomino is hitting 280 right now for the regular season. He has 24 homers, 57 runs out of him. He's 25 years old. He also has one of the truly great throwing odds in the American League, too. Fouled off the first pitch there for strike one. Right-handed hitter. Stands pretty well forward in that batter's box. Takes that long slugger's grip on the bat. Drysdale fire. Pitch is fouled. High off to the right and up on the roof. 0-2. Oh one away. Nobody on. The outfield. Get away and deep. Rocky Colavito swings a murderous bat. Drysdale puts one past him. A knee-high fast curve to the outside corner. That's two down. Brings up Triando to the catcher. Three strikeouts now for Drysdale, who's retired the first five men he's faced. Here comes Gus Triando, a 267 hitter for the year. Catcher and first baseman for the Baltimore Orioles. He has 20 home runs, 50 runs batted in this year. Uh, there's a pop-up in the infield. First baseman Cepeda has no trouble with it, and Triandis is out to retire the side. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left. And so, at the middle of the second inning, the score is the National League 1, the American League nothing. Well, Hank Aaron's the only strikeout victim Wynn has, but, uh, boy, I'll tell you, Hank will still be dangerous any time he steps up there. The players paid Hank a wonderful compliment when they made him their unanimous all-star choice this year. Never happened before in the history of the game. When it comes to electing favorites, Hank himself has one he goes all out for. The name? Gillette Blue Blaze. Hank has good reasons, too. No other blades shave him so smooth, so easy. That's because no other blades are so keen or so mirror-finished. And here's the topper. Gillette Blue Blades are double-edged. You get two of the finest finished edges on each blade. Instead of the ordinary one, you get on single-edge blades. This means you get twice as many shaves per blade, save both time and money. So, are you fixed for blades? If you don't have plenty, better get an extra package or two of Gillette Blue Blades. In handy dispensers that have safety compartments in the back for used blades, they're 20 for 98 cents, 10 for 49 cents. Remember, they're double-edged for double-shaving comfort, double-shaving economy. Moving into the National League half of the second inning now at Pittsburgh, Ernie Banks, the National League's most valuable player, is going to lead off. Ernie's hitting 302, has 23 homers and 76 runs batted in. Shortstop, and what a great ball player he is. First pitch by early win is curve low and inside for a ball. Ball one. Banks will be followed by Cepeda at first and Moon, the left fielder. Big swing. Side on curveball by early. One and one. Banks is one of the quietest of men and one of the most pleasant. He doesn't uh, waggle that bat very much in the batter's box. He really brings it through. That foul dribbles over toward the third base dugout, where the American Leaguers are. It's ball one, strike two. Ernie, like Hank Aaron, is not a big man. He weighs about 175 to 178 most of the time, but he has that tremendous wrist action, that marvelous sense of timing. There's the ground ball, back third, it's foul. 
Third base umpire, Ed Runge, sticks that pointed finger over the foul line into foul territory, indicating very quickly that it was a foul ball. Ball one, strike two to Banks. Outfield to the left and deep. Score 1-0 in favor of the National League. We're in the second inning. Outfield, as usual, to the left and deep. Thanks, back. That's pretty well hit there to drive the left center. It is the base hit. It's going all the way to the wall at the 406-foot mark. 30 takes the turn at second and holds up. It's a two-base hit. The left center between Minoso and Kaline for Ernie Banks. A double for Banks. Nobody out. That brings up the first baseman, Cepeda. Orlando. The great San Francisco Giant first baseman is a 331 hitter. 17 home runs this year, 63 runs batted in. Bat on second, nobody out. Well, would you have a fun here? No but. There's a very high fly to left field. But also comes in for it. Still running hard and finally ducks away as Aparicio, the shortstop, made the catch. It looked like Minoso's ball all the way, and at the last moment, he peered off, and little Louie went out to make that catch in short left field. I would guess about 270 or 80 feet from the plate. Here's the left fielder, Wally Moon, traded from St. Louis to Los Angeles this year. Wally's a 299 here, having a very good goal, and he has five homers and 37 runs batted in. Bat on second, one away. Serve is low, ball one. Part of this place is triple deck. The right field area, however, is double deck, but that uh, second deck is sure a tall second deck. Foul, up to the left, out of play. left field starting job in a very hotly contested election. Wallace, Wade, Moon. Brian, Texas. Pick number nine on the back of his the National League is the home ball club. The right side of the infield is pretty deep. Nelson Fox backs, uh, backs up there pretty deep. For Moon, a left-handed hitter. Wynn takes plenty of time. Glances over his shoulder a second. Turns and throws. The pitch is outside. And the count is now ball two strike one on Moon. Danny Murtaugh clapping his hand, yelling and courage there from his third base coach is Fox. Zinnup, Betty Sawyer, the first base coach, manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. He's able to forget his own problems a little bit today and concentrate on the problems of Fred Haney. Ball two, strike one. Strike call. Pass curveball just above the knees to the outside corner. Two and two now. So the ball game is one to nothing in favor of the National League. We're in the second inning. Banks led off the second inning here with a two-base hit. Cepeda popped up. And Moon is at bat. One out. Man on second. People still coming into this ballpark. Win. Those that rubber. Set. No wind-up, of course. Throws. Pitch is fouled off the left. That's way out of play. A souvenir for somebody. All two strike two now to Wally Moon. 
Well, he had a tough job when he came into baseball a few years ago. He had to fill the shoes at St. Louis, left by the great Enos Slaughter. And there was a lot of ill feeling when the Cardinals traded Slaughter away. And Moon was taking the place of an idol. Well, he not only did it capably, he wound up being named Rookie of the Year. And he's been a standout ball player ever since. He had one dip there in his career. But right at this minute, he's back on top again, flirting with a 300 batting average. And good enough to play in the All-Star game. Here's the set now by Wynn. Glass to the second, turns and throws. The curve is low, over the plate but low. Bardic leaves that right hand down to the side. It's ball three, strike two. One thing about it, you never have any doubt about it. Strike if Al Bardic is umpiring. He throws that right hand out there and he fellows all over the ballpark. There's nothing subtle about him. And for that reason, he is uh, considered uh, quite a capable umpire for that reason among many, many others. Ball three, strike two. Outfield still, pretty deep. Just about straight away. That curve is outside, and Bonnie Moon has worked win for a walk. That puts Ben on first and second, one away, and brings up catcher Del Crandall. Crandall hitting 277. Has a dozen home runs this year, and 39 runs batted in. He's a real leader, a real field leader. He's one of those guys who made the jump from class A ball to the major leagues and has stuck ever since. He came up when the Boston Braves were the Boston Braves instead of Milwaukee Braves. And uh, Dell has been a real leader type. Juwan, there's a foul. Out of play, upper deck, strike one. Crandall, in his lifetime, in the majors, he's down his ninth year. The 250 hitter, this doesn't sound too impressive, but if you'll double check his history, you'll find that he's got that one hit for every four official tips to play most of the time when it counted quite a bit. So get that hit one, it'll break your back. There's a curveball inside. He swings and misses. 0-2. Great handler of pitchers. Great hustler. And strictly a leader type. 0-2. Warming up in the bullpen for the American Leaguers is Bud Daly on the Kansas City Athletics. Left-handed knuckleballer. 0-2. Back up into the screen on the curveball. Still a no ball. Strike two count on Prattle. Banks on second. Wally Moon on first. One to nothing ball game in favor of the National League. We are in the second inning. At Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, a very, very famous location, which Bob Prince told you is now enjoying its 50th anniversary. A very impressive setting, like Wrigley Field has a lot of eyes on the outfield wall. Strike three call, a neat curve. Crandall looked it over and was crossed up. Two down, two on, and the pitcher Drysdale comes to bat. Now, Drysdale is one of the better hitting pitchers. He'll hit that home run for you every once in a while, although, after being uh, a young fellow who got himself a record number of homers for a pitcher last year and has three this year, he was used as a pinch hitter for the first time the other night, wound up hitting into a double play, much to his embarrassment. John Drysdale got a fine hand as he walked out toward the batter's box. Banks on second. Raleigh Moon on first. Two out. Drysdale was a high school quarterback. Should have made a good one. Beat five. Foul ball. Strike one. As a matter of fact, Don was... Uh, given quite a few opportunities to play college football and at one time did have his eye on a professional football career and as a quarterback, a six foot five quarterback under today's 
very strenuous professional uh, football requirements, he might have fit the bill very well. Young man from Van Nuys, California, although he lives out in the valley now, the San Fernando Valley. There's a swing. 0-2. When the gauge pitchers, they take a look at how many men he struck out as opposed to how many he has walked. If you want to do that with dry this, you've got a pretty impressive figure because this fella has struck out 133 and walked only 44 men this year. Earned run average 3.23. Dry 
tale is reminiscent of Ewell Blackwell, the famous whip with that sidearm delivery of his. It's almost a crossfire pitch. That's blowing inside. Ball one, strike two. Frankie Frisch once said about Blackwell, and I think he's saying today about this fellow, that there should be a law against his being allowed to pitch that way to right-handed hitters. One and two. Way outside. Two and two. He'll throw that jammer if he's left-hander. He'll throw it right at their fist. And the funny part of it is, it's drawn with almost a screwball motion. But it isn't a screwball. Strike! Win! Goes down swinging, throws the bat down angrily. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left. And Zysdale has retired nine in a row and has struck out four of them. Three balls hit out of the infield on them. A marvelous performance. And so at the middle of the third inning, the score is the National League won, the American League nothing. Well, as we said, it's a beautiful day. And even if it weren't, well, we can't do much about the weather, but we know, do know that there's going to be plenty more of hot, humid days ahead. You know the kind I mean. Days when you especially appreciate the clean, refreshed feeling of a shaving cream shave. And there's no better way to prepare for that shaving cream shave than with Gillette Foamy, the instant lather shaving cream. Fast and easy, and how? Just a touch of the foamy nozzle, and instantly you have billowy, snow-white lather. Lather so rich, so full-bodied, that just a little goes a long way. That's economy. And another plus. Foamy contains K34, the exclusive antiseptic that destroys harmful bacteria on your face. Gillette Foamy is available in two sizes. Regular at 79 cents, or the new Giant Foamy, almost twice as much for only 98 cents. And you can get Foamy with cool, refreshing menthol added if you like. Take your pick from the Gillette Foamy display at a store near you. Johnny Temple leading off in the third. And there's a strike call, knee-high. Off that outside corner. Strike one to Temple, who's out of the ball game with a fly ball to K-line in center field. Well, Stengel's got Ryan Duran warming up now. Did have Bailey. One and one. Ball one, strike one. To Temple. He'll be followed by Matthews, whose home run represents the only scoring in the ballgame so far. Then the right fielder, Aaron. When let's go. There's a high fly ball. Andrew Short, right center. Calavito is there. And he takes it. Temple is out. One away. That'll bring up third baseman, Eddie Matthews. And a home run. A line drive homer into the right field grandstand. The lower deck. Last time at bat. Getting a nice hand as he steps in. Eddie Matthews with 25 regular season home runs. The batter's box again. Wind throws. There's a very high fly ball in foul territory. Scarlett moves over to the low boxes. He takes it. And Matthews is out. Two down. Hanger and a tank. Struck out. The last time at bat. Hitting a fabulous 370. And for a long time, after the season opened this year, it became evident that Hank had his eyes on a 400 season. He may still have. Of course, the outstanding pitching feat in the history of this series is still Carl Hubble's 1934 performance when he struck out five in a row, six all told. The total of six strikeouts is a record, which has subsequently been tied by Johnny Vandermeer in 1943 in a night game at Philadelphia and Larry Jansen at Comiskey Park in 1950. We saw both games. Curveball, one off, line drive right into the shortstop club. Aparicio just reached up for that one, and little Louie took it, retire the side. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left. 
the end of the third inning, the score is the National League won the American League Cupping.
There's a high foul ball. And Eddie Matthews has a play on this one. Back to the coach's box at third. He takes it. Nelson Fox is out. Two down. K lineup. Burdett will throw an occasional screwball. And you can tell when he's throwing that screwball because he runs right off the mound with that delivery. This is Al Kaline, struck out. Kill the time up. Has a pretty good battle going with his teammate on Detroit, Harvey Keene, for the American League batting leadership. Right at this moment, Al is second with a 344 batting average. Strike one to count on him. Two out in the fourth inning. Burdett touches the cap, sticks the ball in the glove, tears down, gets his side, goes into his motion, throws a sidearm, picks the slow. One and one. Randall fires the ball back to him as he has so many, many times. And Lou steps off that mound. Just to give you an idea, we'll try to cover this guy's gestures for you. He just wrapped his hand across his letters, picked up the rod in the background, just covered his tug at his cap, rocked back twice, winds up, here we go, and that's low. That's ball. Gets the ball, turns his back to the plate, rubs his left hand across his left hip. Now he rubs up the ball as he steps off the mound, turns around, looks down at the batter and the catcher. Sticks the glove under his arm, takes the glove out of him under his arm, sticks it back off, sticks the glove in a tuck at his cap, makes a motion toward his chin, tucks at his cap again after dropping the rosin back, hits his shoulder, starts the wind-up, how's this for action? And there's the pitch, a foul ball out of play. Two and two. Ball two, strike two. And of course, as Lou claims, the best pitch he has is one he doesn't use, the one he's been accused of, the better. Up the rising back, touch at the cap. Little battle of nerves going on there between the batter and the pitcher. Here's the windup. Throws it just a little bit off the corner. Out of the knees, ball three, strike two. Two out on the fourth. The National League is leading by a score of one to nothing. The American League at bat, K-line in the batter's box. And Lou Burdett. Goes through every motion a pitcher can go through, plus a couple which haven't been put in the book yet. Again, Lester fly. There's a foul ball high back of the plate. Goes over the top of the screen and the below seats back up the screen. It's ball three, strike two. Just over the wall, we're looking at Chenley Park. And uh, we'd heard about the monument to Honus Wagner, but we thought the monument was inside the ballpark. It's just outside the left field wall over there in Chenley Park and just in front of the Carnegie Museum. Just a shade left. There's a pretty well hit ball. That's very deep. Way back, 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 back. It is over the wall. A home run for Al Kaline. This ball game is all tied up. Al Kaline dropped one over the left field wall. Moon never did give up on it. Went all the way back to the wall. But finally, with his shoulder grazing the wall, all he could do was stand there and helplessly watch that ball go over the wall for a game-tying home run by Al Kaline. The new ball game out of us. The score is one to one. We're in the fourth inning, and Scourin is up. Bill Scourin. Routed out, Temple to Cepeda, the last time at bat. Bill, by the way, wears a corset at all times, on and off that diamond. Result of a back injury. Helping around the house. There's the foul ball. Strike one. That's Mr. Al Kaline for. All-star home run. Strike one to Scarlett. Two out, nobody on. 
Hunt first came to our attention, Chicago, as a prep school, Weber High football player, and we knew him at Purdue as a left-footed putter. But he got a chance to join the Yankees and get one of those real good-sized bonuses. $25,000 bonus. 0-2. First ground ball. In the hole between short and third. A base hit for Scowlin. Now with two out, Palomino is up. Well, the National League pitching had retired 11 in a row before that first hit. And the first hit was a home run. Now Palomino is up. Struck out the last time at bat. Bat on base, two outs. Right-handed hitter, as we said before, stands well forward in that box. He likes to get on that curveball before it gets a chance to break on him. And there's a swing and there's a base hit in the center field. About three feet to the left of second base, Willie Mays muscling the ball in. Gowan stopping at second. Now with that on first and second, Triandos is up. Two down. Action in the bullpen for the National Leaguers and Roy Faith. Game is beginning to warm up. In the meantime, Fred will go down to have a little talk with Burdett. They've been in this hole before. Triando, the catcher for the American Leaguers, the big burly fellow. Bob Shirley's partner, they have an insurance business together in Baltimore, is in the batter's box, takes that wide stance. Gus has 20 regular season home runs. Now he's at bat with a chance to put the American League in the lead. It's one to one here in the fourth inning. Two men on and two out. Burdett is in a jam. is plenty deep for Gus. Centerfielder Mays shaded a little toward left. There's a strike for Marling. Strike one. Fast curveball. Just below the belt about two inches inside the strike zone the inside corner. Strike one. Gowan and Calavito with modest lead off. Gowan takes about a five stepper there a second. Now he stretches it to seven as Burdett gets ready. Here's the pitch. There's a well hit ball. He's the right cutter. Aaron and Mays running hard. It is Yankees. 
a fellow with six glasses. And he fires that ball. Man, does he fire that ball. He'll face Willie Mays. Thanks to Cepeda. in the regular season has won one and lost two. He's strictly a relief pitcher, but get this earned run average, 0.90. Struck out 47, walked 22. Willie Mays, who lined out the pitcher early when the last time a bat is in the batter's box. Here's a windup, here's a throw, and there's a ball, one on, strike one. The score is tied one to one. This is the first chance that many people here in Pittsburgh have had to see the American League stars who are performing today. They've heard about this Durant fastball. You could probably hear the gas that went through the crowd on that first pitch, strike one strike two, another fastball knee high to the outside corner Willie Mays raises the right eyebrow as he looks out there at Durant 0-2 oh one ball game. Mays advanced the National Leaguers in the home half of the fourth inning. Outfield, plenty deep. Here we go. Fastball, a little outside. Three fastballs to Willie. Ball one, strike two. line about three steps to the left. Everybody else is straight away. Willie went for a low outside fastball and struck out. Well, everybody seems to have brought that strikeout pitch to the ballpark with them today. Early win, struck out, let's see, one, two, three, and his three and he's hit. Durant has struck out the first man to face him. And Drysdale struck out four in three innings. Ernie Banks, who led off the second inning with a double and died on second base. Look at that now. One out. That ball is low. Over the plate, but low. Question, why did Fred uh, Haney decide to bat Banks fifth in the batting order and Mays fourth? The answer was that uh, Haney's logic might be considered a little bit on the pessimistic side. He said, well, in case they get us down in order in the first inning, Mays will be a bad person. If he gets on base, he can run better than Banks, and I'll have a good base runner with Banks up. Ball two, two and oh. As it turned out, Mays batted in the first inning because Matthews fell with a home run, so that meant the fourth man of the batting order came up, and Ernie did lead off the second inning, and as I said before, he doubled. Ball two. Foul ball. Ball two, strike one. That went high. Back of the plate, over the screen, through the upper deck. Ball two, strike one. So far, it's been a pitcher's day, except for the two lightning-like thrusts offensively, one on each team, the home run ball, one by Kali, one by Matthews. That's the scoring story at this point. That handle foul, high, back of the plate. Inside pitch. And some customer at least so far over the upper deck trying to get that one that I for a moment wondered if he might not tumble out. Ball two, strike two. Two and two. American League has three hits, the National League two in this ball game, which is in the fourth inning. 
2-2. Duran for the side of Seattle winds up. Another bad handle foul. Inside pitch. Ball to strike two. Well, the relief pitching per se on both sides is really very promising. What was Duran? 0.90 and Roy Faces 0.83. Two and two. A little close, nearly nicked him. Ball three, strike two. You have to be a brave man to take a toe hold against this Durham. Ball three, strike two. As a matter of fact, I remember Frank Lane one time telling me and another uh, reporter that. As far as he was concerned, hitting is 60% courage in baseball, and other baseball men since have verified that percentage. There's a deep foul on the right field side, curving back in the low seats. It's ball three, strike two. You have to crowd that plate. You have to guard it. Otherwise, if that pitcher moves you too far, back into the batter's box there, he'll dip one across that outside corner, and it'll be a strike, but it'll still be beyond the end of your bat. Ball three, strike two. Banks the batter. Marvelous reflexes. Great wrist. High over his head. And that's ball four. And had there been somebody on base, that would have been a wild pitch. Banks draws the walk. That is the second walk given to an American leaguer. Wally Moon got one in the second inning. And that brings up the first baseman, Cepeda. To shortstop Aparicio and short left, the last time at bat. Second walk given to a uh, National League by an American League, I better say, huh? Down ball to left to second, over with it. Aparicio steps on second and throws to first in time, and that kills off the side. Aparicio moving to his left, completed the double play, forcing Banks and doubling up to Peta. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left at the end of the fourth inning. The score is still one to one. Young fellow built up strong shoulders, working a milk route for a couple of years while he was in high school. 
and who has the unusual distinction of being scouted by a United States senator. He counted the senators on him, and sure enough, the senator from Idaho was right. Mr. Killebrew turned out to be a very good idea. Burnett throws one, and that is ball one. As the fifth inning gets underway, American League at bat, the ball game tied, one to one. Killebrew will be followed by Aparicio and then Durant. Outfield of the left seat. There's a ground ball pass to the left of second. Banks moves over, makes that play. And fires the first in time. Boy, that looks like it had a good chance to get past Ernie. But he just gave it that extra oomph toward the end of that stretch and got his pass. One out, Aparicio up. Five homers this year, which is quite a few for Little Louie. 34 runs batted in, a little better down in Venezuela. Chicago fans are really in love with this guy. Hit a fly ball on the right the last time at bat. Pitcher is for death. Ball one. Just ahead of the note from Bob that uh, Senator Welker from Idaho, who got uh, Killebrew for Washington, also got Law for Pittsburgh, Vernon Law. high curveball strike. One and one. Game tied one to one. National League with a homer by Matthews in the first. The American League matched it with K-Lines in the fourth. The American has out hit the National in the first four innings, three to two. One away. Louis Aparicio, eighth man in the batting order. Sidearm curve, swung on. There's a fly ball back to left field. That back ball, he moved up. He's near the wall, and he pulls it in about 10 feet away from that 406-foot mark in left field. Aparicio giving it a pretty good ride. Two down. Durham, the pitcher, is up. Ryan Durham. Like I say, you don't take a toehold against this Durham too often. <laughs> and he's been accused of uh, throwing that duster, as other pitchers have, too. But the... Uh, he doesn't throw the duster purposely. He may throw a brushback pitch, but as it was explained to me one time, it's not really a duster unless your hat goes one way and the back goes the other. Strike one now to Durant. Swing on strike two. Burdett swimming a curve pass. To Owen two. They're playing in the swing late. Willie May is the center fielder. is shaded over toward right center. Owen two. Two out. Nobody on. Fifth inning. Tried to butt, missed it. Duran struck out, and that retires the side. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left. Well, that's the halfway point of the ball game. And the score at the middle of the fifth inning is American League one, the National League one. Well, let's see Harvey Keyes stretching that dugout. He'll probably get in the ball game too. You know, in Harvey's seven years in the majors, he's been chosen on six All-Star teams, both as a shortstop and an outfielder. Harvey's the American League leading hitter right now, tough man to fool at the plate. He knows what he likes in razors too. His choice, the new Gillette adjustable of course. Like a lot of men, Harvey Keyes found his comfort took on a brand new meaning once he tried the Gillette 195 adjustable razor. Why? Because here's a razor you adjust to match your own combination of skin and beard. That's right. There's an adjusting collar on the handle that you can set to any one of nine different degrees of edge exposure or angle. A turn to the left gives you left blade edge. Turn the dial to the right and more blade edges exposed. 
Red with white beard, heavy beard, tender skin, any combination in the book are positively guaranteed clean, long-lasting shaves or your money back. The Gillette Adjustable has made such a big hit with you fans that some stores are completely sold out. If you can't find one right off, ask your dealer to reserve one for you. You'll be getting a new shipment just as soon as production permits. The Gillette Adjustable costs only $1.95, complete with blue blazer sensor and travel case. this minute, I'm going to turn a very exciting ball game of one-to-one -one over for the last half of this broadcast to my very good friend, the very popular announcer from KDKA in Pittsburgh here, follows these pirates, man and boy now for more years than I expect he wants to admit, Bob Friend. Bob, come on in here, will you? Thank you very much, Jack, and a wonderful call on the great first half of this ball game, and it looks as though now it's going to be the long ball or the explosiveness of it that will get it determined one way or the other. Wally Moon, who is not uh, at all adverse to the long ball and who has found the left field wall at the Coliseum, a very friendly thing. It's only 250 feet away. Now goes to left field a lot for some of his homers, an extra base hit. Will be the man. And we have a change in the umpiring. Uh, Joe Paparella of the American League will come to the plate and Al Barlick will now move uh, to the other spot on the diamond. And we will move around with Barlick, Paparella, Donatelli, and Ed Rungi with Crawford and Rice on the line. And we're waiting. The occasion of the delay is that they're waiting for Barlick to get rid of the equipment. As the National League always uses the inside chest protector with the exception of uh, Jocko Common. Uh, the American League goes for the inflated chest protector and they're ready to go much quicker. So they're giving Al Barlick the opportunity to take it off. Wally Moon is one of the five fellas that ever hit a home run in the history of this game over the right field pavilion at Forbes Field. It's 300 feet down the immediate line. Balls out to better than 400 feet. It's a triple deck affair. While it's double deck in right field, it's exactly the same height as though it had been. Uh, they just don't have the triple deck all the way up there. But it's a good 90 to 100 feet. Here's Al Barlick. So, uh... As he comes out, we'll be ready to go in a moment. You know, in just about a month from now, August 3rd to be exact, the second Major League All-Star Game of the Year will be played in the Los Angeles Coliseum. And I'm sure you fans out on the West Coast are anxious to see those great stars in action. Official ticket order forms are now available from the Dodgers at the Los Angeles Coliseum or any agency handling Dodger tickets. This is Wally Moon. He walked his first time up. Ryan Duran, the strong right-hander, a swing and a miss. Strike one. Moon, as we told you, one of the five men to ever hit a home run over the right field pavilion, the other being Bob Skinner of Pittsburgh and Ted Beard, Mickey Mantle of the Yankees in an exhibition, and Babe Ruth. The Babe was the first to do it. And there's quite a story about that. Wally Moon, nothing in one. Ryan Duran cocks that right arm, fires a fastball down inside. One and one. The Babe hit his last three home runs of his illustrious home run career, number 712 in the lower deck for Boston, 713 upper deck, and 714, the last he was to ever strike, went out of here over everything. One ball, one strike to Wally Moon. Duran comes down with a fast one. Moon, a check swing fouls off to the left side down to the bleachers, so it's a count of one and two. The on-deck batter is catcher Del Crandall. Scores tied at 1-1. The National League being in with a pair of hits, a homer by Matthews and a double by Banks. And the American League in with three hits, a home run by Kaline and singles, then followed by Scowan and Calavito. No further damage. In the National League fifth inning, one ball to strike pitch from Ryan Duran. Left-hand batting Wally Moon watches one up around the bill of the cap, 2-2. In spring training a couple of years ago, Ryan Dern was pitching against the Milwaukee Braves, and Henry Aaron saw the first four warm-up pitches, three of which climbed the screen 100 feet behind home plate and 
Aaron said, if it's all right with you, we'll not bat today. Walked right out of there. Two balls, two strikes to Moon. Doing a double pump this time. Hangs it outside, three and two. Fastball that stayed away from left-hand batting Moon. Left fielder, Minnie Minoso, is playing a very shallow left field to Wally, and they give him a little bit of a cap in right center. As K-Line is off to his right, they don't figure that Moon will be able to pull any of Ryan Durant. But, uh, three balls and two strikes. The big pitch on the way. He struck him out. And it was a swinging strikeout. That's the second strikeout for Durant, the fifth against the National Leaguers this afternoon. Drysdale. has uh, racked up the best strikeout record for the Nationals when he navigated three perfect innings, striking out four along the route. Catcher Del Crandall, a strikeout victim in the second. Here's the pitch. Delivery, ground down third base side, and Killebrew comes up on his first offering, throws on to first baseman Moosecow and Crandall down two away. The batter two up there is pitcher Lou Burdett. Nobody has yet made a move from the National League dugout, which here in Forbes Field of Pittsburgh. Here comes Lou, is the only guy that runs right out of that dugout. He comes up the swing. Jack was telling you earlier about what a fine home run hitting pitcher Drysdale was. This boy is too. Lou Burdett. His father was the horseshoe pitching champion down in West Virginia. And that's all. He taught Lou how to do it. Lou can throw 15, 16 ringers in a row. He's quite an all-around athlete. And a great comedian. Straight out is the outfield to him. The gap in left center. Swing on the Duran curve, and he doesn't get it all at once. Short tied at 1-1 in the fifth inning. Two down, none on. National League is the home team, and of course wearing their white uniforms of their respective teams. For that enemy. Big number 33, made famous in the World Series a couple of years ago with three tremendous victories over the Yankees. Here's the 0-1 to Blue. Doran gets another fast one on the corner that Burdett can't even handle. And it's no strike, no balls, two strikes. Early win started for the American Leaguers. Went three, allowed the one run. It was Matthews Homer. Two hits. Second hit by Banks, a double harmless. And now it's Duran on. Here's the 0-2 to Burdett. Check swing foul off to the right, just guarding a plate with two strikes on him. Just flicked it off to the right side. We've told you from time to time the most ideal weather you could ever have for the All-Star Game, and the luck of the All-Star Game holds true. It's only been delayed once as a result of rain, and it was an official game in Philadelphia at the end of five. Other than that, they usually have the fine success here at Mid-July Classic. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Another foiling quick swing off to the right, fouling it out of play. 0-2. Burnett just taking it back, putting it down into the strike zone. As Duran is in that strike zone and has him two strikes. Lulu's just plunking at it a little bit, hoping he can get a little better shot with some good wood. Two down, none on in the national fifth inning. 1-1 ball game. 0-2 pitch. Got it down, foul at third. Al Barlick is now the third base umpire as Paparilla has come to the plate. Donatelli of the National League and Ed Rungi of the American League remain on the base pads with him. And on the foul line, John Rice of the American League on the right field line and Jack Crawford of the National League on the left field line. 
No balls, two strikes to Burdett. During work, Sandy got him on a strikeout as he jammed him right on the fifth. So it turned out three up, three down, and at the end of five, the score is American League One, the National League One. As a public service, Gillette brings you the following message. Traffic accidents continue to take a heavy toll of lives and property on our roads. And the problem of making the highways safe is everybody. Records show that where strong, sound traffic laws exist and are strictly enforced, traffic deaths have gone down. So get behind your public officials and law enforcement authorities and support them in tightening up the traffic laws in your community. Urge your family to observe all safety rules as drivers and as pedestrians. And remember, where traffic laws are obeyed and enforced, deaths go down. This is the National Baseball Writers Chapter of America, Mr. Lester Biederman of the Pittsburgh Press, and the official scorer, along with Jack Hernan of the Post-Gazette and Ed Munzel of Chicago, have announced the paid attendance, 34,763. This is not the largest attendance uh, available to Forbes Field, but under the laws of the Commissioner of Baseball, you do not sell the standing room only and uh, or get people on the field. The only way they ever got up over 40,000 here at uh, Forbes Field in Pittsburgh was by allowing them at one time to stand around the field and put in the ground rule double. That has not been in existence now for quite some time. This is the field where they played the last triple header of baseball, where the Bucks were scurrying to get through. This is the field where one of the most memorable World Series events ever took place. In 1925, in the seventh game against Washington with Walter Johnson pitching, in a scene that perhaps has never been seen before and never will be again, in a downright driving rainpour, bases loaded, bingo, double, and they beat Johnson in the Senators. Here's Minnie Minoso. He's 0 for 2. Fly to center, and then Burdett faced him in the fourth, got him on a roll out to second, jammed him on the inside corner with a call strike. 0 and 1. Harry Kraft. Kansas City at first base, Tony Cuccinello of the White Sox at third. Lenoso, Nelly Fox, and Al Kaler in the trio that Burdett will go to here in the sixth. Lenoso pops a foul off the right side. I don't think there's room for Crandall. There is not. It's up over the National League dugout. No balls, two strikes. Pittsburgh riders and fans have had their... Uh, Wonderful, wonderful times with Casey Stengel, having seen him around here and listened to him. Stengelisms are famous now, I suppose, the world over. And he got off a couple of buttes in the press conference yesterday. Minnie Minoso, the American League left fielder, 0 for 2. And the count of 0 and 2 on him, side arm delivery sent in by Burdett Falloy. The attendance here today of 34,763 will not, of course, approach the record attendance of 69,831, which was set in Cleveland in 1935, which may be eclipsed August 3rd on the West Coast in the Coliseum at Los Angeles. It, of course, having a greater capacity. No balls and two strikes. I'd like to remind all you fans out on the West Coast, application forms for the second All-Star game available at the Dodger ticket office. No balls, two strikes to Minnie Minoso. Jack Brickhouse was pointing out earlier a lot of the records with regard to the number of games in which you've competed will go by the wayside. There's Blue Light and the Minoso right down the middle. Came Burnett with his fastball for strike three call. So that's the sixth strikeout. And Burnett has picked up his second. That'll bring up Nelly Fox, who struck out and fouled out to third. 
As Jack pointed out, if they start playing these games in pairs, the records of like being in one like usual at 16 or so will mean nothing. Six backouts now on each side. Because you can, in five years, you can play in ten games very quickly, obviously. Nelly Fox struck out, bats him left-handed, swings golf with shot on the right side, Temple charges, takes the bat, hop, and throws on to Cepeda, and there are two away. This is the American League sixth inning, two down and none on, and the score is tied up at 1-1. If you're just sitting in, Eddie Matthews, long ball, went out of the ballpark, off early win in the first inning, and Kaline got it all even with a blast to left center in the fourth. Here he is now. He struck out in the first, then homered over the 4-0-6 mark in left center field in the fourth inning. Ground ball down third, and Matthews on a bubble. He gets away from him, goes into short lap, and K-Line is around first. The ball is recovered quickly by Wally Moon. And it's an error. Charge to Eddie Matthews, and it'll be the first error of the ball game. K-Line aboard on a miscue at third. And that'll bring up the slugging first baseman and outfielder of the New York Yankees, Moose Scowen. Scowen on the year at 293. 15 homers, 56 RBIs. Roll the second and singled out to left. Milwaukee Braves have four of their great players going in this one right now. Here's the pitch. There's a delivery outside of ball. Breaking ball that missed the outside corner to the right-hand batting Moose. Matthews at third. Burchett and Crandall, the battery, and the right fielder, the incomparable Henry Aaron. Sixth inning for the American Lakers, who've won the last two games of the All-Star Classic. Burdett checks, delivers. There's a drive into right center. Going to get in there for the base hit. Coming over fast to get that ball is Willie Mays. He's going to take a shot at that runner coming over to third. A slide safe. It's a close play. As K-Line tries to go on Willie, and it was bang, bang at third. He's in there, however, under the slide. Got a looper over the head of Temple in the right center field. And K-Line, it appeared to me, hesitated just a little bit coming around second and then really turned on the speed. And Willie's throw was right to Matthews, but he unslid under the throw. So we now have Rocky Calavito up there for the American Leaguers. He struck out in the second. He singled up the middle in the fourth. And the American League mounts another offensive threat against Luber Dutt. Two on. And two out. Here's the pitch. Big chop hit on the left side. Ernie Banks waits for the short hop, flips it on to Johnny Temple, and they force Scourin. And on the fourth out, the side is retired. No run, one hit, one error, and two left. And we go at the go at the end, at the middle of the sixth inning, the score is American League one and the National League one. Well, young Louis Aparicio has been certainly a whale of a man out here in this ballgame today. And you know, this young glove whiz was the unanimous choice of the New York Yankees to hold down the all-star shortstop position. And good reason. He's robbed them of many a hit. Flashy in the field, Aparicio is also the league fashion plate. He always looks top-notch. And a Gillette man? Why, Louis tells us he was a booster of ours way back when he lived in Venezuela. And he's stayed with Gillette Blue Blades ever since. Little wonder, Gillette Blue Blades have the keenest edges ever put on steel. Smooth mirror finished edges that give you shave after shave with ease and comfort. And you save money, too. Gillette Blue Blades are double-edged for extra convenience and economy. So, you change them less than half as often, use them more than twice as long as single-edge blades. When you ask for Gillette Blue Blades, get them in the handy zip-out dispenser that has a compartment on the back for the easy disposal of used blades. The cost, 20 for 98 cents, 10 for 49 cents. 
The American League has now swung Mickey Mantle to center field. As he goes in, in place of Al Kaline. Mickey Mantle. With a bad leg. But the New York Yankees, Speed Demon, goes to center field. Vic Power has not been uh, put in at first. We're getting a double check. We're trying to find out who's been put in at first. The plate umpire, Ed Rungi, or rather Joe Paparella, has come on to say that there is an incorrect statement made as to who's on. Musial is going to be in here to bat in the National League sixth inning, and this puts him up there for 16 times that he's been in the Classic, and he'll bat in place of Temple. Harvey Keene is gone to center. It is not Mickey Mantle, so we'll have to uh, go from the direction on the press box. There's delivery to Musial inside. Dan Musial batting for John Temple. Temple uh, giving way to Big Stan. From Denora, Pennsylvania. By the city of Pittsburgh, Stan the Man, great St. Louis Cardinal ball player. Ryan Dorn works to him upstairs, ball two, two balls and no strikes. The press box who had originally announced far to our right that it would be Mandolin Satterfield has now corrected and it'll be Harvey Keene, teammate of Al Kaline. Musial hits a pop up on the right side. Dropping back first baseman for it. And we'll have to check who that. It should be Vic Power, who has also gone in in place of Scourin. Anyhow, to pop up the first. Batter is now Eddie Matthews. A home run in two at bats. In the first, over the right field screen. And in the third, fouled out the first. One down in the National League six, high from Ryan Dorn, who after he pitches just bounces around out there on the mound like he's on a pogo stick. Eddie Sawyer, one of the few members of the Phi Beta Kappa Society, is coaching at first, and of course the manager of the field over to third, Danny Murtaugh. One ball, no strike pitch to Matthews. Started to go for the fastball late off, but it cost him one and one. Henry Aaron is on deck. There are all sorts of opportunities for Stengel to place these batters keen in power in the batting order, so we'll not worry about just where they are yet until they come up. There's a ball upstairs, 2-1 and one Eddie. Matthews on the year, 25 homers, 59 home runs. Five of the home runs he has struck in this ballpark this year. This has been one of his favorite targets, much to the lament of Pittsburgh Pirate followers. Two balls and a strike. The outfield shades him around to the right to give him a big gap in left center field. During fastball, hit foul back on the netting here, and a count of 2 2. Ryan almost overpowered Eddie with a good riding fastball that came in there. Stuck him out swinging. Number seven goes into the book. And here is. Henry Aaron, who struck out and lined a short in his first two trips. The Milwaukee Braves, John Perrell of the right field, and one of the most fantastic batters in baseball modern annals, stayed, up, stayed way up over the 400 mark, and somebody figured it out that if he went to the plate a number of times just a month ago, as he did last year, finished out the season that way, and only went one before he'd end up hitting 322. There's Henry Aaron, a drive over the shortstop position into left field. Minoso, a slight bobble, but picks it up and holds it to a single. Henry Aaron has picked up the third hit of the afternoon for the National League, and here's the Bay Hay kid, Willie Mays. Willie, uh, lined 
fable of all ball players, Willie Mays. Throw it over to first base. No damage. Henry Aaron's staying in a little close over there with uh, big power holding tight. Ryan Duran checks Henry Aaron. In the 1-1 game, the pitch is top foul. Back out of play. 4-1. figure in the now famous Harvey Haddock's perfect ball game when he inadvertently strolled off second thinking that Adcock had only hit an inside ball inside the park in the 13th inning and in so doing he walked by Adcock and it nullified a home run. No balls in a strike. Here's the pitch. There's a smash and one hop off the chest of Aparicio. Picks it up, gets it on in time for the force play to Fox. And a nice play by Aparicio holding that ball in front of him. So it's no runs a hit. No errors and one left. At the end of six, it's tied up 1-1. One, one. Three innings. 
is charged with one run. Four hits. Picked up two strikeouts, did not walk anybody. Here's the 1-1 one -one pitch, that strike call to him, one and two. Total uh, net after taxes here will be $194,303.46 on the record attendance at Forbes Field. He looked at the L.R.K.'s court ball, and he did not see it. Ideally situated 
and uh, everything about him is perfect for relief pitching. Well, when he comes in normally, the bucks are in jam. And uh, he gets you to hit that ball on the ground, either strike you out or get you to pop it into a double play. Now then, big Jim Bunning of the Detroit Tigers is coming in. His slider got him by Whitlow White, by the way, who's now the best pitching coach for the Milwaukee Braves, made him a real major league pitcher. He no hit the Red Sox July 20th last year, you might recall. Jim Bunning now pitching of the Detroit Tigers has won seven off six, has an ERA of 4.72. Frank Malzahn has come in to play at third. Bunning has do, is in to do the pitching. And we'll give you the rundown on everybody else. There's Banks, long drive, left field, going way back. Kenny Minusso, pitching goodbye, drops the wall. Extra bases for Bingo Banks as he bombs it high up against the standard. There's a light standard out there. About 375 feet from the home plate section. And he bombed it right to the base of it and just missed the home run by inches and now has checked in with his second double. And that's the fifth hit of the ball game. And here is Orlando Cepeda, who is overdue. He popped it short and grounded in to a double play. High fly ball in the infield on the left side. Malzahn and shortstop Aparicio. Aparicio makes the catch in behind the pitching mound. So we have one out. Now we have Wally Moon, the left fielder, who walked and struck out. Whitey Ford of the New York Yankees is now throwing in the American League bullpen. Wally Moon is up there. pitch, the curve is high ball one. Banks let off with a double in the second and Cepeda popped the short on the first pitch in the second inning. And the uh, lightning struck twice in the same way in the seventh. Double Banks lead it off. Cepeda went on the first pitch and hit it straight up the shoot for shortstop Aparicio. One ball and no strikes to left-hand batting. Wally Moon scored tied 1-1 in the National League seventh. Time call is Trianda and Bunning want to talk it over. Ryan Durant in his three innings, no runs, allowed only one hit, struck out four, and walked but one batter. One ball and no strikes to left-hand batting moon. They shade him a little bit around to the right. Fastball down underneath the knees, two balls and no strikes. Ernie Banks, who does not specialize in the long, high fly ball home run, but more in the low, screeching shot, narrowly missed one as he hit the top of the light standard screen and it came back in the park to remain in play. Ball free inside the moon. Bell Candle is on deck and now we're to that point of the ball game where both sides, manager Fred Haney of the National League champion Milwaukee Braves and of the National American League champion Casey Stengel of the Yankees, there's Moon on the 3-0, 3-0 and fouls it out of play, 3-1. Oh, we're going on the first ones here on some of them for the National League. The strategy is, and they gave him the green light to go on the 3-0. If the pitch was in there, they thought he might be able to give it a ride. Three balls and a strike to Wally Moon. We're down to that point, though, where the managers will be doing a lot of shuffling around. 3-1 pitch. Moon flicks the foul out of play to the left. 3-2.
20 games started 18. It pitched 124 innings for the Detroit Ball Club, winning seven, losing six. And from the standpoint of the American League pitching stars, had the highest turn run average of all that are here with a 4.72. But that's respectful in this day and age of the long ball and lightning-like shots out of the ballpark at any moment. Three and two to Moon. The pitch. There's strike three call. The ball is dropped by Triandosa. Now he tags Wally, and that's strikeout number eight against the National League. Well, we have 16 strikeouts in the ball game. And this will send Brother Jack Brickhouse to the record books again for us while we double-check everything. As now catcher Del Crandall, who struck out and walked a roll to third, is the batter. They're going to play him around to the left. The middle, it's a base hit. And here comes Ernie Banks around third. Here's the scoop by Harvey Keene to throw. It's not in time. There goes the runner. Crandall to second base. The Knights nice in the way again. Front to the line. Dale Crandall just reached out and tapped that little shot into center field. The lead runner now, Bill Mazeroski. The great second baseman of the Pittsburgh Pirates is the batter. Mazeroski in the regular year at 267. Five home runs, 34 RBI. And as Jack pointed out a while back, he goes on a one for four clip, but bingo. When you need to hit, that's when the one out of four comes up. And it did here. Mazeroski drive left field. It's going to be a base hit. Here comes Kendall around third to score. Maz is trying to go to second. The run gets in there. Slide. He's out at second base. It's a single to run count. Nice fielding play by Minoso. The throw went on into Fox at second base. Randall scores from second. And it's a two runs on three hits. No errors and nobody left. At the end of seven, the score is the National League three. The American League one. Two. Save me. Holiday, a dollar seventy-nine. This new paper made right every time. Old handprint, fingerprint, grease or grime, guaranteed not to skip, slip, slide or sputter. The new Holiday even writes over butter. You can take a stick of butter. Now listen here. And on a piece of paper, you can make a smear. With an ordinary pen, you can try to write a rhyme. But you'll skip over the butter every time. Then pick up the paper made holiday pen and go through the butter test. Once again, watch it right through the butter without a slip. This new paper made guaranteed not to skip. New paper made holiday. $1.79. All right, we go now to the American League. Eighth inning, and Frank Malzahn of Boston stands in. Malzahn in the regular season, hitting at 278, 10 home runs, 39 RBIs. He's a right-hand batter. Roy Face delivers outside and low ball one. This game now sets up as Roy Face's game to win and Jim Bunnings to lose, as it now stands. No National League pitcher, as Jack points out, is issued a walk so far. There's a pop in the behind second base. Mazeroski goes off to his right. Dances around underneath, one out. National League has not won the last couple of ball games, leading in this one three to one. As now Minnie Minusto, who is over three, fly to center, went out second, the first and struck out. 
All six pitchers have struck out somebody in this ballgame. Hopping up is uh, Minerto. Left side, Crandall looking for it. Stays with that dog and boom, two down. And Roy Pace is showing everyone in Pittsburgh and coast to coast. As you listen to this broadcast and around the world and in Canada, why he's one of the great pitchers of the major leagues in relief. Nelly Fox is up there. He struck out, fouled out to third, and rolled out to second. National League leads the American League 3-1 to one in the 26th renewal of the All-Star Classic at Forbes Field. Down inside the ball as Elroy jammed him with a fast slider. Leroy Fitch with a heart as big as a church, 5'8", 150 pounds, has topped the American Leaguers cold thus far. Next delivery, right up the middle, almost the horn, Delroy goes on to the center field for the base hit. So no sooner said what he was doing, and bingo, Nelly gets a base hit. And that came awfully close to catching him on the bare hand. So that's the fifth hit for the American League, and now Harvey Keene gets his first shot at it. He's the center fielder, playing out here for the Detroit Tigers. 356 on the regular season. He has three homers, 33 RBIs. Right-hand batter takes the ball from Roy Face. National League three, the American League one in the top half of the eighth. On a brilliant, sunshiny afternoon from the city of Pittsburgh. The 1-0, that handle foul out of play to the left, one and one. Ball and one strike, two down, and Nelly Fox at first on a base hit, his first and fourth bat, a single right up the middle. And it had to be pretty well stuck to get by face because Elroy is one of the better fielding pitchers in the game. Pretty deep in the batter's box is Harvey Keene. Football swing on a swing two. Took the big swing and nothing was there. One ball, two strikes. for lack of something better to do in the offseason began to accuse Elroy of throwing that good ball. There's a delivery low, ball two, two, two. When Rig was asked why, he said, well, I just wanted to see if I could do something to get this guy ruffled up a bit. But nothing seems to bother Elroy. He really doesn't know who's batting. He just has certain way he pitches, and that's it. Two balls and two strikes. was moved right over to right field by Jimmy Dyke and clicked immediately over there. 2-2 two -two pitch, and there's a ground ball. That handle foul down third. 2-2. The Tigers off to a very bad start, as everyone knows by now. And Jimmy Dyke, who used to be the coach for the Pittsburgh Pirates, was then asked if he would take over the managerial reins of the Detroit team and zoom them into contention. Not overnight, because when you're about 0-15, you don't zoom anywhere overnight. 2-2 to Keene, low outside, ball three. Three balls, two strikes. Joe Paparella, the American League, calling the balls and strikes. Kyle Barlick had the front side. In the game that was tied up at 1-1, broke open in the seventh. When Banks doubled, his second double, and Crandall singled him home, and Mazeroski singled. Runner breaks, and it's all four. That's the first walk given up by the National League pitching this afternoon. And brings up the loose. Scowlin. No, take that back. Brings up power. Big 
Tyler of Kansas City. Well, really, of Cleveland. Vic uh, was of Kansas City. He's uh, hitting at 301. He's been moving around quite a bit, and he has nine homers, 36 RBIs. He's a very fine baseball player. Low ball one. Another great relief earner. When you speak of fine relief earners, the Chicago Cubs have a pair in both Elston and Henry. American leaguer up Kansas City. He's a left-hander. They started off this eighth inning where retired Malzone and Minoso with very little trouble. Then five single, he walked Keen. Power gets a drive into center field for the base hit. Here comes Willie Mays, scooping for the ball, and will make no play on Nelly Fox and will throw the ball into Banks and Short, and the American League kicks back into the ball game at 3-2. It favors the Nationals now by only one. No, they score on Floyd Bay, something the National League teams have not been able to do. And here comes Ted Williams. Up and down. 
moment. They've called time. Looks like we're going to get a runner for Ted Williams. It's going to be Gil MacDougall of the Yankees to run for Ted Williams. MacDougall, the winner of the Lou Gehrig Clyde Elvitator Memorial Award, is the athlete who typifies most wonderfully sportsmanship and everything you'd ever want to be. Triando up and takes a strike from Roy Craig. Bases loaded for the American League. They have Harvey Keene at third, Dick Power at second, and MacDougall running for Williams at first. The outfield is shading Triando around to the left. There's a foul back going to Triando from the regular season. Has 20 homers and 50 RBIs. the dazzling assortment of knuckleball sent in by Hoyt Wilhelm. No balls, two strikes to big Gus Priando. Base runners lead away as little Roy Face swings into the windup. Around comes the arm, in comes the pitch, and it's a foul back out of play. Three to two, the National League in front. In the eighth inning, as the American League strikes back with a run win with two out, Nelly Fox singled up the middle. Harvey Keene and Watt and Power singled in the middle and in came Fox to score and Ted Williams as a batter for Calavito drew a walk and the bases are loaded. It's nothing in two to Gus Piondo. Now Roy in a long stare. Now ready to go. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Ground ball inside third. Fair ball. That's the bases coming up. He's going to score at least a pair of runs. The ball comes out to the left field of Wally Moon, shoots it on in. It's a double for Gus Priando on a shot inside third, and the National League now trails four to three. Harvey Keene comes in to score, and Vic Power scores from second base. Priando, the catcher, doubles home a pair of runs, and Roy Hamey comes out now to talk. The American League has done to Elroy what no one was able to do in the National League. In addition to which, Elroy walked a pair of batters. And when you walk a couple of guys and you're playing in an all-star game, you usually get yourself in some trouble. And Triandos, with the bases loaded, flashed a double just inside third that sent McDougal over to third after the other two runners, Keen and Power, had scored. So... Three runs in here in the inning with two out, and it's now four to three in the eighth. The American League, and they have uh, Daly and Whitey Ford warming up. Pete Reynolds is coming out. We're going to wait to see what they, uh, they're going to do. We're going to get... We're going to get a uh, pitcher coming in. Well, I get a look at him for a moment. I thought it was Don Elson originally that had been warming up, but he walked in like he might be John Antonelli of the San Francisco Giants. From what I've seen, it's John Antonelli. It is John Antonelli of the San Francisco Giants. All right, let's pause 30 seconds for station identification. WGY-WGFM Schenectady. Now, as always, Saratoga Fishy leads the league in sales. Small wonder. 
He got only the genuine Saratoga fishing with a famous yellow label has that extra dry, fishy tang. Assured you a perfect mixed drink every time. Friends, don't be misled by imitations that taste like plain club soda. Demand the genuine Saratoga fishing.
Throw six on Sunday, so I can't pitch him with his own catcher, Fernando's catching him like I want, but this win has been around. That's what Sangle said at the press conference last night, which by the time it was unraveled by everyone concerned, turned out to be that he was going to start early win. Jerem Lawler of the White Sox is coming out. He's the catcher. Sherm hitting at 273, 12 homers, 49 RBIs on the regular season. He's the ninth man to get up. Well, here we 
are looking at it with Mandolin right field and Keene in center and Ken Boyer batting and Whitey Ford on the hill and the curve is in for the call stuff. We'll catch you up on every record in the book when we get the opportunity. Sub off one strike. A little left-hander. Fires down outside for the ball. Whitey Ford of the Yankees has an earned run average of 3.20. Has won eight and lost five for the champions in 1959. The 1-1 pitch is swung on by Boyer and missed. One and two. This now sets it up where Bunning is the pitcher of record and Faith is the pitcher of record for the losing side just for the moment. Here's the one and two. Curveball bounces away from Lawler to two. Last half of the eighth inning. The National League trailing now four to three. Ken Boyer up there to see what he can do. Try to lead off base hit. Two two. Ground foul down third. Boyer, you know, is the fine third baseman of the St. Louis Cards. He's hitting at 304 currently, 16 homers and 56 RBIs. For a big man, he's perhaps one of the fastest men in all of baseball for his size. Great hands, great range at third. 2-2 pitch by Ford. Check swing on a fastball that took off. Tailed out there. Looked like the screwball, but Matt Allen tells us that his fastball that tails is not the screwball, although it reacts like it. 3-2. Two pitch to Boyer. There's a chop off the left side, and it's on field in the left center for the base hit. McDougal going over from short, couldn't get it. Center fielder Keene comes up, flags it down, and Boyer has a base hit. Well, now let's see. Remember, the National League is the home team. Their opportunity is always to have the last at bat. Dick Grote is coming out. Grote for Pittsburgh is coming out, and he's not only a fine runner, but in the event that they get two strikes to him, he's one of the better hit-and-run players of the game. Richard Marlgrud, who had to make the tough decision for him whether he would be a professional baseball player or a professional basketball player. And at Duke University, was one of the most fabulous basketball players of all time, he's a Pittsburgh boy. He bats for Matthew. Dick Rose. Hitting at 2.70. Five homers, 36 RBIs. There's the bunt. Whitey Ford comes up, throws it on to first base Powers, who makes the play there. On the sacrifice, Boyer's in a
Gave up two runs. And the ones that put him in the soup and then saw his team come back for enough runs to give him uh, the blue chips for the moment. Gave up three hits. Struck out one. Did not walk anybody. Foul back by Henry Aaron. One and one. A real tremendous threat at the plate is the right fielder of the Milwaukee Braves, Henry Aaron. A lunging rattlesnake type of hitter. Has tremendous risk. He hits the ball that'll start out with a shortstop will leap for it many times, and the left fielder will watch it go high over the wall. That kind. 1-1 one, one delivery outside. Two balls in a strike. With one out of the score, American League 4, the National League 3. Boyer is at second base with a tying run, and Henry Aaron is working against Whitey Ford of the Yankees. Buddy Daly of Kansas City warming up again. Secretary of the ball game, traveling secretary. And the secretary for the National and the American League, Robert T. Wright for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's down below, checking on the comfort of all the fans. There's a high chopper off the left side. In there, take that. And Boyer comes on around third. And it's a single for Henry Aaron. That's all tied.
Blackhouse just points out it's a very interesting observation, and you can see it as he walks in. Bud Daly of Kansas City, who's a knuckleball pitcher, his right arm is considerably shorter than his left arm, and he's a left-hand pitcher, it must be pointed out. So sometimes the implements of the trade develop the hand or the arm or the extremities in such a way that they become outsized and one has against the other. Here's Whitey Ford touching off the hill. Whitey pitched exactly one-third of an inning, and it was a sacrifice bunt by Groves to get that out in. He's charged with two runs and could be tagged with another. He gave up three hits. The Boyer, the Aaron, and the triple by Mays. No strikeouts, no walks, and daily. So the National League has forged into the league now by the score of 5-4, to four, and based on what we've seen, there's more to follow. But daily in Kansas City. In the regular season, 1-8, lost 5. Left-hand knuckleballer, and Sherm Waller will get the problem of trying to handle him. They have made all the changes in America. is a fresh your memory on this and uh, in three innings allowed one run on two hits struck out three Drysdale pitched a perfect three innings it's just been announced and Jack leans over to tell me about it there have been six players that have been batting in the seventh position in the lineup for the American League and I want to tell you you can understand easily how they just keep the single keep firing them from one end of the spot to the other all right, now, Willie Mays is at third, and let's see what the American League infield will do. It is uh, Mal Thong. At third, he's at tight. McDougal in short, Fox at second, and Power at first, and they're all up. To right-hand batting Ernie Banks, who has two hits today, both doubles. Scored a run. That was back in the seventh inning. The long ball has been used by the National League to forge into the lead. And Willie May is ever a threat. Dances around at third. Pitch to bank. Knuckleball strike call. No balls and one strike from Bud Daly, who is the fifth pitcher for the American League All-Stars this afternoon. Daly checks. On Willie Mays at third. Infield set up outfield around to the left to bank. It's a 5-4 ball game. Last half of the eighth. Here's the pitch. Knuckleball hit foul. Willie went after that butterfly and just got a ticking piece of it. Ernie Banks. Sticking away at a knuckleball that danced every old play. And now the fellow who is the owner of the most famous of them all, Hoyt Wilhelm of Baltimore, is warming up down the left field bullpen. Right-hander looks like Elston up again for Chicago's Cubs. Way out the right field line in the National League bullpen. No balls, two strikes. Pitch to Banks, and there's a foul coming back out of play. Nothing into it. just points out on the bench that Barra is the only one left for the American League accepting two pitchers. One of them will have warming up right now. The other's got to be Billy Pierce of Chicago. Oh, well, nobody can say Stengel didn't use his staff. 
about this track. There's a nuzzler that lolly just went up and batted it down like you'd swat a fly. Just trying to keep it in the park. See, of course, the great argument about whether pitchers could make the ball curve and what have you. They never, ever tried to disprove it or prove it when they had the knuckleball working. Here's the one-two pitch. Bank strikes out on it. Now, that is the ninth strikeout against the National League. Coupled with the American League eight, that's 17 strikeouts, too shy of the all-star record for strikeouts by two clubs, and that was set in a fourth-inning ballgame. Orlando Cepeda, Henny is 0 for 3. Popped to short, hit into a double play, and popped up to short. The infield now retreats for the American League milestone. MacDougall, Fox, and Power. Great call to Cepeda. Cepeda hit the longest home run ever seen here at Forbes Field to the opposite field when he struck one a distance of 445 feet into right center. No one has ever come near that. No balls, one strike to Orlando. What he made in third is tripled, knocked in the lead run, Henry Aaron, here in the National League base inning. Pops it up on the first base side. Dick Power comes up. The ball now drifts foul. He goes over near the railing, leans over, and makes the catch for the out. So the inning shows two runs, three hits, no errors, and one left. And at the end of eight innings of play, it's the National League five and the American League four. Look sharp. Malzahn, a right-hand batter, has a very wonderful target at which to swing in 
Boston. The short left field porch, as they call it. He has 10 homers, 39 RBIs. He's a very fine ball player. Elston working to Malzone in the ninth inning for the American League. They're down a run. The American League has won the last two All-Star Classics. Here's the one-two pitch up inside to two. Manny Minoso is on deck. Strikeouts in the ball game, a couple of shy of the record. For a total strikeouts by two clubs in the All-Star Classic. There's a pop-up on the first base side and may spin up into the stands and does. Uh, 2 One could not have asked for a more brilliant, beautiful, sunshiny afternoon than the day presented the baseball fans of Pittsburgh and the fans of the nation for this 26th annual All-Star Classic. 2-2 pitch. There's a high pop. Hit up on short. Bank wants it. Shortstop Bank waiting for Malzone's pop. Drips off two steps to the left. That's one down. Now Manny Minoso, who is 0 for 4. He flied to center, went out to second, struck out, and fouled out. And then he's the left fielder today for the Cleveland Indians playing here in the American League All-Star. Wally Moon is in left field. Willie Mays is in center. Henry Aaron is right. They've not made a change there. The National League has not made anywhere near the changes. The American League has done. Curve. Swung on a miss by Minosa. Try to tie it up. Boyer's at third. Banks at short. Mazeroski at second. Cepeda at first. Crandall has been doing the catching all the way. And the pitcher is Don Elson, the great relief artist of the Chicago Cubs. Hard curveball outside and low. One ball, one strike. One ball and one strike. Low outside for ball two. Two and one. A very explosive one. Jack described in the first four and a half and just a home run or no count, a 1-1, one, one, and then everything burst loose in the seventh and eighth inning. Two balls, one strike, and ducking away. Minoso fouls it off way up over our heads to the right. 2-2. Two, two. As an example, in the score tied at 1-1, one one, the National League in the seventh inning made it 3-1 their way. In the eighth inning, the American League came back for three runs to take the lead four to three. The National League for two in the eighth, and it's five four. There's a strikeout swinging on Minnie Minoso, two down, and we're within one of tying a record on strikeouts. 18. Now, 19 is the record, and that was a 14 inning ball game. That's the ninth strikeout. First for Don Elston. Here's Nelly Fox, who struck out, fouled out to third, rolled out to second, and singled up the middle in the eighth and scored. One of the three runs when the American League took the lead on a short line basis, four to three, only to surrender at five four as the National League came back with eight or two runs in the eighth. Nelly Fox checks wings on the hard curve inside below the knees, ball one. Nelly left-hand batter.
Nelson, fifth pitcher of the afternoon, with two down, none on, works for Nelly Fox. There's a liner out the right field line, hooking, and it is up in the stands. It's a foul ball. Nelly Fox didn't miss it by much of tying it up. out of National League fans with a two-out long blast to right. 300 feet right down the line. He took a shot at it, and it hooked foul. One ball, one strike. John Elston again into the windup. There's a looper to left for the base hit. He went to the opposite field on a curveball. Wally Moon comes up with it. They stay alive, these American leaguers. That'll bring up uh, Harvey Keene, who walked in the eighth and scored a run. I remember Harvey Keene is quite a battle. He's hitting at 356. Two down. And now, a lot of action again. Warren Spahn is up for the Milwaukee Braves. Here's the pitch inside a ball to Harvey Keene. And Gene Conley of Philadelphia is also up. One ball and no strikes. Pitch. Low, the ball bounces off to the left. There goes the tying run into second, and Nelly Fox, and he bluffs the throw to third. There's a skipping throw by Crandall on down to Boyer to hold the runner there, and it's a wild pitch. Charge to Don Elston. Well, that little statement, the game is never over till the final round, begins to rear its ugly little head as far as the National Leaguers are concerned. Fox has been wild pitch to second base, and there's a pretty fair man up there with a stick in the name of Harvey Keene at 356 for the Detroit Tigers. Pitch from Elston, a long drive to left field. It is curving, it is out of here, foul. with the American League in this game of inches back into the lead. Two balls and a strike now. Nelly Fox on second base. The score, 5-4. National League, time of the night. The pitch, foul back. Elson sent him a good moving pitch that time, and it moved just enough that he fouled it off to the right. 2-2. Crandall and Boyer. Boyer stays with it. That's it. 
leads the American League All-Star. The final score is the National League five runs on nine hits and one error. The American League four runs on eight hits and no error. In a moment, we'll review the highlights of the ball game for you. Well, it's happened, ladies. They've put an end to the messiest part of a home permanent. Now, new no-mix Tony has a neutralizer that's actually easy to use. The first neutralizer becomes already mixed. No more watery neutralizing like old-fashioned permanent. No more fixing and mixing. No more drenching and dripping. Never again. With new no-mix Tony, there's no powder, no water to mix. Tony's no-mix neutralizer comes pre-mixed and concentrated in a handy little plastic bottle. Just snip off the tip and squeeze. What a creamy neutralizer. It's full of rich conditioning liquids that give you Tony's famous hidden body. And that's what holds any hairstyle like no other permanent can. Get new no-mix Tony. Put hidden body into your hair this new easy way. It's the first permanent with neutralizer already mixed. New no-mix Tony. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jack Brickhouse back in the booth out in Morgenfield in Pittsburgh. And here's a little brief review of what went on this afternoon out here in one of the most thrilling, one of the most exciting, and one of the most entertaining of all the All-Star games as the National League drew up closer to the American League win total in this series. This, the 26th game, found the National League winning their number 11. The American League has won 15. Now, here are the totals for the winning National Leaguers. Five runs, nine hits, and one error. The winning pitcher was Johnny Antonelli. Uh, they used Drysdale for Death Face, Antonelli, and Don Elston in that order. And the American League had four runs on eight hits and no errors. And the American League used Wynn, Duren, Bunning, Ford, and Daly. They really used plenty. As a matter of fact, Casey Stengel used 22 men in this ball game. And at one stage of the game, the only ones left down there were Daly and Pearson, the bullpen, and Yogi Berra and Casey himself on the bench. It must have been an interesting conversation between Yogi and Casey Stengel. Two great grammarians, one of whom is, uh, has built up a vocabulary by reading lots of comic books, and the other who has been described as a man who talks like a fellow coming out of the anesthetic. Anyway, it was one of the most interesting baseball games we've ever seen, and we've been lucky enough to have seen most of these all-star contests, as has Bob. The official announced gate count was 34,763. The ticket sold was 35,277, which means that a few people who bought tickets didn't make it to the ballpark today. We're not going to go over the whole game for you, but we do want to point out that uh, you can find all sorts of heroes and very few goats in this ball game today. Certainly one of the standout performances came a couple of hours ago, and a little better when at the opening of this particular performance here in Pittsburgh, Don Drysdale retired the first nine men he faced, struck out four, walked nobody, was followed by Burdett who struck out a couple, Face struck out a couple, Antonelli and Ford were the only pitchers who did not strike out somebody today. Early win, struck out three, but he gave up that home run ball, so that's right there, just about wiped out his chance of being the winning pitcher two years in a row. He was the winner last year. Ryan Duran struck out four while walking only one, and Bunning got a strikeout, and Bailey got a strikeout in his performance at the end of the game. All told, 
There were nine strikeouts on each side, a total of 18 and one short of the record for two teams. The record for one team is a dozen. Again, our congratulations to everybody, and of course, just the eighth inning alone was worth the price of admission as the American Leaguers came up with three big runs, batted around to do it, and it looked like they had finally come from behind in typical American League style, which they've done many times before to win the ball game. But the National League had it when they had to have it in their half of the eighth inning, and with base hits uh, by uh, Boyer, a great clutch bunt by Dick Road, a very significant bunt, setting up a chance for Hank Aaron to belt one, and then Willie Mays triple, which brought in Aaron with what turned out to be the winning run, and there you had a very, very explosive eighth inning. Well, we certainly hope you've enjoyed today's game, one of the many events brought to you on the Gillette Cavalcade of Sports. We have a World's Welterweight title scrap on tap for you Friday night, July the 10th, when Don Jordan defends his crown against Dennis Moyer in a 15-rounder. So plan to be with us via radio or television and enjoy all the excitement. Our thanks to our NBC engineer, Harry Alexander. This broadcast was produced by NBC Sports Editor Paul Jonas. And this is Jack Brickhouse saying, along with Bob Prince, smooth sailing, smooth shaving, and good afternoon for your host, the Gillette Safety Razor Company.